Welcome to episode three, season two of the Lulu Logic Podcast. I got another great guest today. I am so excited that you get to hear this conversation. One, there's a lot of meaningful talk in this conversation about VR, not just games in the VR, something that's going to truly change the way you look at VR. Also, when you hear about his card collection, it will blow the roof off. Look, I'm done talking about it. And I just want to say, happy birthday, Miss Aurelia. My daughter turns six today. But without further ado, this is the Lulu Logic Podcast. Today's guest is from Melville, Saskatchewan. He's an experienced former territory manager working in the mechanical and industrial engineering industry, agriculture industry, and public sector. Is a skilled, or he is skilled in negotiation, business planning, sales, cold calling, and sales operation. He's also the owner and founder of Buzzy Sales Consulting and the founder of Invicta VR. Welcome to the show, Jason Perez. How you doing? Hey, Nick, fantastic. Thanks for the uh, opportunity. Appreciate it. I said your last name right, right? I always, you know, I can't remember every time. Bears, I just always bearish. Bears, bears. Yeah. Sure, whatever. What is right. that? Was that Bear. Belarus? Yeah, it's yeah, it's from over there somewhere. Hungary. <laughs> <laughs> what the the last name? Where where does that originate from? Hungary. Hungary. Yeah. Wow. So, do you know what generation you are? Generation Canadian. Uh, no, I don't. <laughs> you know, that was one of the most fascinating things for me when I first came to Canada. I noticed like a lot of the, the blacks would know, or even some of the Irish, they'd be like, oh, well, I'm first generation Canadian or second generation Canadian. And, and they knew when or what, if their parents or grandparents or who migrated here, who was born here and things like that. So must be long, long history in, in Canada for your family yeah, it is. Um, to not really know. So because I mean, I don't know. I don't know what generation American I am. Yeah. Right. So <laughs> I don't know. My my great great grandfather came over from Hungary. So. So your mean? great grandfather would be first generation, and then your grandfather would be second. Your father third. So you're fourth. Yeah, fourth generation. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Have you ever been back over there? You know, I, I haven't, I really, it's in my plans, it's on my bucket list to, to go back there. And uh, just, they say that it's great, like Budapest and, uh, and, you know, stuff like that. It's just, it's a fantastic, just the, the structures and the history and everything around it. I, I think yeah. it's really cool to see. Do you find any kind of emotional connections to your heritage? No, not really. No, like, you know, I always, I always uh, joke about, you know, you know, starting a Hungarian uh, takeover, but you know, I don't really know anybody who's Hungarian, like aside from my family and you know the the people who are closest to me. But you know, you run into the odd people and they're like, "Oh, Bearish, that must be Hungarian." I'm like, yeah, as a matter of fact, it is. And then they say their name, and well, it could be anything. It's it's engine ski, and could be Polish, it could be Hungarian, it could be anything. Yeah, Hungarian. So it's you know, it's that's it's hard. That's a good, really good question. And, it would be good to, to have that opportunity to connect with, you know, people closer around here, but you know, there's no real Hungarian connection, right? Like, you know, there's no, you know, yeah. right? like, did you grow up eating Hungarian type foods or anything or what's your, what's your favorite Hungarian dish? Um, <laughs> there's a, there's a couple other, there's a couple ones that, <laughs> <laughs> that in the Hungarian world, uh, babaiko is one. Um, what is that? <laughs> babaiko is uh, it's a Christmas dish actually that you eat at just Christmas time, and uh, all it is is really uh, uh, dry bread uh, cut into chunks, soaked in boiling water with poppy seed and a little bit of sugar on top. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of flavor does it? Just the poppy seed flavor, or Oh, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, it is. And it's, it's a Hungarian thing. And uh, yeah, it's 
you know, of course, pretty, it's cold. So you gotta, you gotta, you know, eat your bread to stay warm. <laughs> I guess that was it. And, you know, and I guess, you know, the, the, the story goes back in the day that, you know, before they really had anything, right. That's, that was easy to make and that was easily accept, uh, uh, yeah. acceptable and accessible. Mm-hmm. And uh, mm-hmm. so that's what you made, right. And it filled you up and you were good for the night. Right. So it's just a tradition that goes way, way back within the Hungarian tradition. Of course, there's, you know, the goulashes and, and, yep. you know, basically stew, if you want to talk English and, uh, you know, there's just, <clears throat> there's different, there's different uh, Hungarian traditions within cooking that everybody's like, oh, you eat that? I'm like, yeah, I, I like it. <laughs> you know, liver and onions. I, I, I'll go liver and onions all day, right? And I'm like, oh, yuck. But yeah. that's not necessarily Hungarian. But yeah, there's just, we never really grew up, uh, like, you know, speaking Hungarian or nothing like that. But um, it just, uh, you know, where your, where your ancestors are from. So you try and hold on to that as long as you can. But, you know, within my generation now, it's kind of getting less and less. My brothers, you know, are probably more connected, but with my generation, it's probably getting less and less, just like everybody's, right? Yeah, I just keep getting this in my head. Genghis Khan. <laughs> Is Genghis Khan? No, no, he wasn't was he- he wasn't Hungarian, right? He's no. Mongolian. He's Mongolian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's all over there. <laughs> you know, he he conquered more land in 25 years than the Chinese dynasty did in 200. Holy cow, is that right? Yeah, they said it's like over like one out of every 100 kids or something like that is related to Genghis Khan. <laughs> Holy cow. Yeah, he's one of the most fiercest warriors of all time and and ruthless as well. Um, like they said, he would just leave women. When people would come and storm their village, he would leave his wives and things and just keep and pack up and go. And, but he was out there doing it, man. But yeah. That's that's hustling. Genghis Khan. That's the way it that's the way it was. That's the, the way it was. Uh, I guess he's the, he goes down and uh, he had great pickup lines. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pickup lines before pickup lines were a thing. Yeah. <laughs> In Victor VR, I just thought about it. Like, what if you had, what if you could go back into uh, the eyes of the greatest warriors during battle? Right. Wouldn't that be so cool to see uh, from the eyes of the greatest warriors during battle? But in Victor VR, tell me about that. You know, getting to that, there's a majority of people that would put that headset on today and look through those eyes, and they would have to take it off. I'm not sure if, if a lot of the stuff that happened back then, you know, people as a society as today would would be able to handle it. To be honest with you, yeah, just it would be to the nth degree over the top. Um, but anyways, in Victor VR, in Victor VR, I started it. <clears throat> I wanted to help people, right, and I wanted to give back somehow. And in Victor VR is going to be able to do that. Um, you know, so when you and I first started talking about it and, you know, developing it as a mental health strength and conditioning tool, I, I still think at the end of the day, and at the end of the day, we're going to get to that. But, um, you know, within Invicta VR and the, the five pillars that are within the Invicta VR program, you know, we're going to help not only, you know, people with mental health, we're also going to help athletes. We're going to help, you know, law enforcement, military, we're going to help teachers, <laughs> we're going to help people who um, didn't really know that they needed the help. And, you know, interesting, interesting studies out there about retention, right. Of uh, using VR and uh, you know, the, the information that you retain by using VR instead of looking at a notepad or an iPad. And uh, you know, there's ranges anywhere from 8.8% to 40%, you know, people wow. retain. So, I, I believe that. I totally will believe that. Uh, the research was done by University of Maryland. And um, yeah, it just, there's, there's people out there that would put the headset on and think, well, you know, this is just a game. But, you know, with Invicta, we're not aiming it to be in the gaming industry whatsoever. And we're going to optimize people's performance through it. There's no doubt about it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it truly can change the the game with just the elements all involved in, like you said, for law enforcement and uh, military and um, for kids and teachers to help cope with a lot of the issues. 
right? Even athletes, right? And, you know, retraining the brain and uh, doing some of those things that will allow you to be more effective. And um, from an athlete standpoint, you know, I don't think people understand how mental like pro sports is, right? Because there's not a lot of talent that really separates you. Like if you look across the field, there's, if you say, okay, this guy's this talented, the next guy wouldn't be that far off. If you just looked at the top most talented guy, what separates you is your mental ability, right? To retain the knowledge and to be able to display it. And, you know, I always say you have to turn your brain off when you play because you have to let your body react. But when you're in that auto focus mode where your body's just reacting, your brain's not really turned off. It's really working at a high level, right? And you know, Being able to process what you're seeing. Just like you Go said, there, there's some people that can't process that high level activity though, right? So you know, whether, whether we're going to train or retrain the brain, as you said, uh, you know, that's going to be the determining factor as to whether you want to advance your career. And it doesn't have to be an athlete, really. It can be a, yeah. uh, an executive. You can be a sales uh, salesperson. You could be a, uh, uh, really anything. You can use it just personally, just to advance yourself personally, right? Yeah. And there may be times where within the VR type of environment that something may come up that you know, you'll retain because you've seen it before within the VR environment versus words on a piece of paper. And I think the learning ability within the VR environment opens you up to, you know, having that ability to relive that moment later on down the road and, and you know, learn from that and say, okay, I've seen this before. I've been in this situation before, and this is how it, it turned out for me. And, you know, I don't think anybody thinks further than what they're going to do, you know, the next, you know, five, 10 minutes <laughs> rather than, you know, yeah. think, okay, well, what if this happened, what's going to happen? And, you know, I think that's where, I think that's where we can get to it. I think that's what we're going to, we're, we're going to accomplish that. And, and right now you're looking at a, a space where one, we've had what seven mass shootings, I believe in the last week <clears throat> um, we have thousands of kids committing suicide during this COVID pandemic, um, just the mental health challenges uh, to overcome, to withstand and to learn ways to cope with life and to move forward. You know, all those things we need answers to, right? Or we need to create systems and things that can, can help, right? I don't, I don't know if there's a happy medium because, you know, our generation, we like, oh, the kids are soft. Right. They have pretty much everything these days. And, you know, sometimes it comes down to likes and, you know, how many likes I can get on a post or things like that. Or you, you see these Instagram and, and TikTok, Snapchat, and they use these platforms to find self-worth. Right. It's just um you know, it's a hard, it's a hard transition. And, and when you, when you think about like mental health, can you talk about how Invicta VR can improve someone's mental health? And that's a good way of putting it. So, you know, using Invicta VR, you don't have to go and you're not going to be in public using it. Right. So you're going to, you're going to have to be able to use it. You have the ability to use it within the, the confines of your own house where you find safety and now, you know, you go and use Invicta VR and you go on ahead and do the modules that are, you know, uh, directly aimed at training the brain or retraining the brain for depression, anxiety. Um, um, name one. I, I, I mean, there's a hundred of them, learning disabilities. And if, if any of those things are the things that are keeping you down or, or getting you down or you feel that you're, you know, you're not an equal, um, go ahead and put it on and put the module on within your own safety. There doesn't have to be anybody you have to be around. Nobody's going to judge you. So just go ahead and do the thing. You know, take in the environment, take in the module, take in the learning effect, and now apply it to your daily life. And, you know, tell me that that's not going to make a difference. I, I think that that's, uh, there's no doubt that's going to make a difference. Yeah, 100% with you. And, you know, you to get on, I'll go ahead. You mentioned earlier that, you know, you know, is are the kids soft and, you know, blah, blah, blah. 
and I always, I'll go the other way. I'll, I'll tend to argue with the other side that, that are kids soft or are their parents soft, right? Mm. So what came first, the chicken or the egg? And, you know, so um, is if the parents, you know, are, are, are allowing that to get, you know, these kids to, you know, um, they're, they're giving them accessibility to, you know, quote, be soft. Yeah. Um, you know, who, who's, who's to blame here, right? So uh, I know there's a lot of, that's, that's probably an unpopular opinion, but, uh, but. No, you know. you're, you're, you're probably spot on with it because I mean, uh, my cousin has a saying that it goes, if you spoil your kids, you'll raise your grandkids. If you raise your kids, you'll spoil your grandkids. Right. I like it. And, and we do get to a point to, um, where you do see evolution of, of more, but you know, kids today have to put up with so much more. Yep. Right. When I was growing up, I didn't have to deal with social media. No, nope. I didn't have to deal with all these different things. And I mean, even high school and college playing, I didn't have to deal with social media. Yep. It wasn't until I got to the CFL that I had to deal with, you know, probably th two or three years into my career that I had to start dealing with, you know, hate on social media. Right. You make one mistake, somebody catches it on camera and now everybody sees it. It goes viral. Millions of people see it like that's that's dangerous. And, you know, and I'll call them for what they are. Those keyboard warriors that are out there would never, ever say that to your face ever. No. It would never, ever happen. And yet, for some reason, they're empowered behind a keyboard to put it out onto any platform that'll read it. And, uh, you know, and there's people, there's like-minded people that just, you know, jump on that wagon and, and say, yeah, Nick, why did you do that? Like, you're such a loser, right? Yeah. It, it, they would never, ever say that to anybody, whether it's Nick Lewis or whether it's Jason Barish, they would never, ever say that to me in, or you in our face. And yeah, you know, like I say, the, the, the keyboard allows them to, and it just, you know, it's, it's unfortunate, but that's the world we live in, you know, and getting back to that a little bit with Invicta VR and the social media aspect and, or the media aspect today, uh, some of these guys in the media ask uh, absolutely ridiculous questions instead of asking <laughs> the actual question, you know, about an athlete on the field, right? They're more, it's more Do like, you think you're going to win. No, I'm showing up because uh, we know we're going to lose. Right. So, it's, yeah. You know, and the ones that get me the most is in, you know, for example, right now, like the Buffalo Sabres have lost 15 in a row. And, you know, they'll go up to one of the guys on that team and say, uh, uh, you know, same thing. Well, you know, do you want to win next time? And, you know, some of those guys, you can just see them, like their eyes roll so far back in their head, like they come back to, around and they say like, you know, what? like, what do you think we're trying to do here? Like guys aren't, on any team to lose and no matter what sport you're in you're in to be competitive and win and, and the only way you can have longevity in a career is to be a part of some good teams like if you if you're part of bad teams all the time then those people fade out pretty sure. quickly no matter how much talent you have unless you're like the best player on the worst team sure but then you know it's it's got to transform into to wins if it doesn't you know, like yeah We've talked about I used to look around the locker room and, and I, I'd see guys and I'd be like, you know, my first year in Calgary went four and 14 and they would like, look around the locker room. You're seeing five or six new guys every day. Yeah. They're not bringing them in to hang out. So <laughs> they're bringing them in to take your job because they want to play. Right. That's it. That's, that's, that's how it works. If you don't want to play here, guess what? We'll bring somebody else to take your job. There's always somebody looking to take your job. That's it. So, you know, play that to the best of your ability, win, lose, or otherwise, but go out there to win. And, That's you know, it. so, you know, getting back to Invicta VR a little bit. So, you know, we talked about the modules within the sports one about having the ability to, you know, show a team as a team, the ability to win as a team. Yeah. The ability to lose as a team, though, as well. And how you handle that as losing, how you stack wins from losing. And, yeah. you know, it's not just losing and moping in your cereal. It's losing and saying, well, what else can I do better in order for this team to be better in order for us to win tomorrow? And, 
if more guys had that attitude and play the team game, there probably would be a little bit more wins. That being said, I get it. There's more than, than just, you know, playing as a team to win. There's, you got to have a few bounces and, and whatever, but <clears throat> having the ability to have a VR system that will actually show you how to win as a team mm-hmm. or that, that actual, that, that brain um, um, thinking wave that you're going to win as a team and this is how we're going to feel as a winning team i think that could be very beneficial to you know no matter whether you're whether you're 18 and 0 or 0 and and 18 you know i don't think that makes any difference i think as long as you can have that ability to 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 win as a team to thinking of winning as a team is very beneficial you know that makes me think um one of my former guest on the podcast was uh nick ring uh former ufc fighter out of calgary and he talked about a book the winter effect and i went out and got it and, and reading the winter effect and, and it just talks about how you know stacking wins and how it increases your testosterone like if it talked about two boxers you know, it talked about mike tyson so when mike was winning and he steps in the ring he actually has more testosterone than an opponent coming off a loss, mm-hmm. right? They they tested fans after games, like before the game and after games, and the winning side fans, their testosterone increased. Losing side fans, testosterone decreased. Just off of watching someone win or lose, and it's everything is so emotionally tied to what you do, right? If you're an athlete, what you're doing in front of people, your emotions are tied to that winning or losing. As fans... <laughs> your emotions are tied to that as well because, you know, you want to see your son or daughter or team win a game. There's a, there's a, a, a strong link to dopamine and the, the dopamine hit that you get when you, when you win, when you lose, you know, whatever. But when you stack wins, you, all you're doing is stacking those dopamine hits, like bang, 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 bang. And now you're, you know, basically 10 foot t- tall and bulletproof because so- – you know, you're looking forward to that next dopamine hit. And how are you going to get that? By winning. And, and I could see how Invicta VR could help you stack wins up until game day that increases your testosterone and, and your belief level that when you step on the field or you step on the court or, or wherever you are, or even if you step into a meeting or a job opportunity, that you feel more confident and you you present yourself in a great way. That. I mean, that's just awesome all the way around the board that this this is going to be able to help so many people. I see Invicta VR being a help just to, if you're going for a job interview, just to have the ability to, you know, how to handle yourself, how to settle your nerves, how to, you know, react to, you know, maybe the tougher questions that might be asked in a job interview. And, you know, being able to, you know, take a breath, let's start over, here we go, I've done this hundred times on a, on a VR effect, let's do it. Right. And yeah. it's all about preparation and VR. Like, again, if it can help you be more eight to 10% to 40% prepared, who wouldn't want to be right. That's I'll take, it. I'll take 8% any given day of the week. Yeah. hundred percent. That's it's, it's way more than zero. That's for sure. It is way more than zero. <laughs> and, you know, so I see Invicta VR being helped for that. Also for social media, right? Like just helping these guys out with social media nowadays and how, how, you know, harsh it can be. Right. And, uh, you know, and it just, I, I think that uh, the, the, the stocking wind solution it, within the VR system that, that, you know, we're developing is going to be uh, next level. Yeah. Yeah, from that and that emotional response, man, I, I can see that just being truly game changing for so many athletes, so many people um, that that need that help. And it it truly help them deal with the things better in life and on a day to day basis, your encounters with other people and and different yeah. things. Right. So but well, on a different note, I'll so go ahead. If you, if you feel good, you play good. You play good. Yeah, that's it. That's it. Speaking of playing good, yeah, we. I just found out the other day that you have an incredible card collection. I Can do. I ask when did this card collection start? So, <laughs> funny story. So I grew up on a farm. Uh, we farmed just uh, northeast of Melville, 
Um, and so it was a real treat for me to go into town with uh, mom and dad and they went grocery shopping on, uh, you know, whatever, a Friday afternoon, picked me up from school and then they would go uptown and do their grocery shopping, whatever. And uh, there was this little confectionery, this little uh, uh, Chinese fellow owned a confectionery store downtown Melville. And he would sell these um, um, stickers and these, and these books, it was through Opeachy. And you'd have this book and then you'd buy a pack of stickers for like 25 cents. And then, you know, you, I was, I'm a, I'm a huge Euler fan. Edmonton Oilers uh, are, are number one in my heart and, and in my head and the wrong way some days, but <laughs> you'd buy these stickers and then you'd, you know, flip open the page to the team that, that had the players in there. You put these stickers in there and your goal was to fill the book. Right. So of course uh, you'd get some doubles. So you'd, you know, you try and find some of your friends maybe to trade those with or, or whatever. And so that's where I first really started with, you know, the sports cards thing, but it wasn't really cards at all. And then, you know, it, it got to the buying a pack of baseball cards. And baseball cards back then were again twenty five cents or or a, a buck, and there was a stick of gum in there. And you yeah. know, at that time, you're buying it for the stick of gum. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and the gum was like actually it was hard, <laughs> <laughs> right? But you know, as a kid that young, you know, you're like, oh, a stick of gum inside of baseball cards, oh, amazing find, right? And um, so then you know, you start collecting these cards and at the time you don't really know what you got but you're like oh I'm a, I'm a huge San Francisco Giants fan too right so you, you know you open it up oh my goodness I got like a Will Clark like you know and oh my goodness got like a um, Willie Mays right or something like that you're yeah like, you know that's absolute gold right and then as you as I got older uh, you know I it, it kind of went by the wayside and then you know you you grow up and you kind of you know, make more time maybe for girls than you do for sports cards. And uh, so it kind of gets pushed off. And then as I got older, I, I got back into it. And, you know, there's, you quickly realize that there's, there's three different kind of tiers of, of sports cards. There's like a low end tier, a mid tier and a, and a very high end. Um, and the price obviously varies by, by boxes and packs and, and, yeah. whatever. and so you know, uh, I'll show you a really quick example. Um, so here is, uh, here's a Rod Carew. Here's a Rod Carew autograph. Wow. Card. Okay. And so yep. Rod Carew is an absolute legend, right? Yep. Hall of absolute Fame baseball legend. player. Yeah. And, um, you know, so I, I'm not, I, I'm not a, uh, I'm not a Rod Carew fan, fan or a Minnesota Twins fan, but I'm a baseball fan. Right. And so for me to have a card like this with Rod Carew's uh, authenticated autograph on it is a big deal to me, right? That, that's, mm. Some people would say, oh, yawn, right? That's boring. But it's it's a really big deal to me. Here's the, on the other hand, here's a, a Bobby Orr autograph, right? Oh, Bobby wow. Orr autograph to me, you know, is in the hockey world, Bobby, Wayne Gretzky's number one, Bobby Orr's number two, right? That's the yeah. way that my rankings are. And so, you know, when you have a car like that for a guy that you look up to, uh, it's cool to have. Here's one that, you know, I'll show you that I don't really like showing many people because it, it, it's, it's a it, sports cards industry nowadays has become a big money game. Yes, I've seen that. And there's stuff that are collectibles within the collectible system that people will pay ridiculous money for, right? A Kobe and Bryant like, just went for like over a million dollars, I believe, like 1.7 million. Tom Brady's rookie card just sold for 1.9 million, I think it was. Wow. Wayne Gretzky graded a 10. It sold for, I can't remember what it sold for now. It was ridiculous. It was millions of dollars. Uh, this is a this is a card that back in the day, his Gretzky card, uh, his rookie card, Wayne Gretzky's rookie card is 79.80. There's people back in the day that quote unquote hate Wayne Gretzky and for what he was, you know, what he um brought to the game and you know that to me just blows my mind but anyway they're they'd put him in the uh, uh spokes of their uh bike just yeah. noise possibly you know if you had a, a hot tub time machine and you went back all the way to uh to uh you know in 79 when you bought that pack of cars for 10 cents and you got a wayne gretzky rookie card in there you'd probably think to yourself now I probably shouldn't put it in the spokes of my bike. Yeah. I should probably put it away and get it graded 
So if a grade's a 10, it's going to worth be worth $10 million. <laughs> uh, you know what I mean? Like that's crazy. So anyways, uh, getting back to this one, this is, this one's uh, really um, part of my, my, my main collection. It is a Michael Jordan autographed um, C uh, letter off of the, it's a, it's a manufactured patch. Off his, off his Jersey. Off his Jersey. And is that an 8.5 rating? This is a graded an 8.5. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and then it's graded a 10 for the autograph. And oh, so wow. in the grading system, um, you know, obviously 10 is the best. And then it goes down from there. I'll take an 8.5 Michael Jordan card any given day of the week. Um, uh, and then that being said, you know, uh, this card is also numbered. Uh, what I mean by numbered is that there's only 23 of them made. So I'm not sure if you can see that or not, but it says yep. number, 11, number 11 at 23. And so, um, wow. You know, to have a card like that in your possession is it's a, it's a, you know, it, it's one of the top ones in my possession and it goes, I've got a few that I, that I didn't bring uh, because I have them under lock and key and uh, a rabid dog, but uh, like uh, McDavid, right. I, I have a yeah. lot of McDavid cards nowadays. And of course we all know what Connor McDavid does and, and, you know, just the amazing, amazing hockey player at, at full speed, you know, just it, crazy what he does and you know points he puts up and the show that he puts on any given night whether you're an oiler fan or not he puts on a show for every every fan um i've got a bunch of his rookie stuff but then i've got uh like this one here is a lebron james uh rookie card right and so wow. this, this one graded a nine okay so where who grades it and how do you get a how do you get a rating like so i have a i have a book i have probably 10 books a football. I had a separate basketball book. I had a football book and I had a baseball book and I had everything by the teams. So I was constantly uh, rearranging. It was nothing. I remember those little pages were like 10 cents. So I yeah. double, double, um, I would double book like each side um, with cards. And I probably have over a thousand pages of cards, but I, I haven't seen them in probably 25 years. Yep. Right. And I know that there was some great cards in there, but name me a player that you think that you have in there from, from that era. Well, I'm pretty sure I had some um, uh, like Gary Payton, Sean Kemp, um, Troy Aikman, Emmett Smith, Michael Irvin. Um, you know, I think I had some Reggie white cards, um, things like that. I don't, at, you know, at 10 years old, 12 years old, you know, you used to get the, was it the tops book? Mm -hmm. And you could go through and see, this is 25 cents. This is 35 cents. You know, I had a couple dollar cards back then, but I don't know if it was, I don't know what they'd be worth now. Shit. I don't even know where the book books are. You know, yeah. you talking about this makes me want to go to Texas and go. I haven't been to my grandma's house since she passed away in 2018. Go in there and find those cards. Matter of fact, I'm calling my aunt right now and say, hey, I need you to go find some cards for me. Yep. And, um, you know, we're it's going to go through whether, them. It's worth it whether you're you're planning on, you know, reselling those cards in order for profit or it's really worth it whether you're just looking to relive your, your childhood. Because, um, you know, when I look through my cards and I, I don't really see them as a as a monetary value anymore. For the most part, I have my set collection and yeah, I'll buy cards and trade cards and buy cards and sell cards back and forth now. But for the most part, um, you know, I know, I know what I want to keep and what I, you know, if I open a box today and there's something that somebody else wants, you're more than likely, you're, you're more than happy to have it. You know, here's, it's, it's worth The book value is 10 bucks, how's five bucks, right? You know, yeah. it, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Beckett, Beckett's yep. Dallas, right? And so that's what this uh, Michael Jordan card is graded by Beckett Grading Services. Okay. So they're one grading service, and PSA is another. Uh, there's a couple other ones. Uh, Leaf is a Canadian uh, branded one. And um, they, to get it graded, all you do is, here's, here's, here's the part of the issue that I have with grading cards. I would prefer to, to fly all the way to Dallas and take a bunch of cards that I've got that are on the higher end and say, you know, Beckett, how much is it to grade these cards? And, you know, I'd like to wait here until you've done them because, 
not that I don't trust people, but what if I have a Gretzky that's a, you know, uh, could be a possible 10 and, you know, the guy grades is like, oh, this is a 10. Yoink, put my other one here. That's a four. Here you go. Here's your four. You know what I mean? So yeah. I, I, I hate to say that that happens because I don't know, but um, I'm just saying that, you know, that's the, that, that you send it away to a grading company, they grade it and they send it back and you pay them your money. And- For them to be in that industry, they have to have an interest in cards. Have to. I'm not going to grade cards if I don't have an interest in cards. Have to, Nick, right? You said it. Uh, mm-hmm. Nailed it. So I'm not, I'm not putting any, I'm not putting it that team here. <laughs> I'm just saying that I would prefer to be there when it happened. And, you know, 100%. And Beckett, Beckett allows you to do that before COVID. They allowed you to do that to take it right down there. But um, so, yeah, so there's a few other, there's a few uh, grading companies, but that's the process that you send it down there. Then they have their uh, ratings. So, for example, like um, the one on here says centering, it gives it a nine because the card is off center a bit as to the picture or whatever. I don't know what how that works or what those numbers are supposed to be, but uh, corners are a nine, surface and eight, edges are a nine. So, you know, a lot of the times it depends on how the card was cut, right, at the, yeah. at the company right it's uh, a lot of times how the how the card was laid uh, on top of the the cardboard you know stuff like that and so uh yeah there's a whole bunch of different uh, variables within grading but uh none that i have any <laughs> familiarity with let's go uh let's just move on here just a little bit i have to show you just a couple of unique cards that i got recently okay uh, so it's not just about sports cards this is a set from it's called uh goodwin champions and Goodwin Champions kind of does um, um, cards from every sport. Uh, you can get a Tiger Woods card in one pack, and you could get a uh, Wayne Gretzky card in the next. So oh, wow. it's not really about – and then they have uh, variant variance cards. And this is the one um, – they couldn't put it in the pack because it's so thick, but they have uh, redemptions, what they call it. So you'll get a, you'll get a card, and it'll look like – I don't have one here in front of me, but it's basically just a scratch card. And you scratch okay. off the code, and now there's a number here. You go on the Upper Deck website, mm-hmm. and you go and you put that number into the redemption area, and then they'll send you what that redemption card is. Well, yeah. I have a redemption card for it's called a Museum Aviation Collection, and I got this card. I'll actually take it out of here. Oh, wow. So it is a button off of a World War... Uh, is this World War II or World War One? World War One. This is off a World War War One jacket from a officer that fought in battle. That is amazing, <laughs> right? And it just like how do you like like this? This could be, you know, we're we're looking at content for AO, and Paul talked about a trading card show. And I was like, do people still trade cards? And then when I talked to you, you were like, yes, it's big game. And, and we talked about NBA Top Shot and, and things like that. But, dude, that is fascinating. I'm, I'm starting to feel like I'm on Pawn Stars here, but with trading cards and, and, and other memorabilia. Like, this is like big game stuff. Like, how much do you think that would, would be worth? You know what? I'll be honest with you. I don't know. It, because a it's not for sale and and I, I don't i don't only collect just for what it's worth and i always tell guys oh and they're like oh my goodness what's that rod carew card worth what's this worth and i'm like it's worth whatever somebody will pay you yeah it's a piece of card that's everything in life right that's everything in life it's a piece of cardboard you know there's there's values that are put out there obviously like for the you know the gretzky's and the the McDavid's and the Crosby and stuff. We, I can tell you what that stuff's worth, but you know, worth as as per the the hobby. But you know, this may be that this may be worth you know a million dollars to me. Do you want to pay me a million dollars for this, Nick? Yeah. You know, that, that just did right. So for my collection, but, it's really cool. <laughs> but the fascination behind it, like, what's what's the when you get one of those things, it just is it just like a gratitude to get? Um, is it something you want to pass down? What's the what kind of how do you vision everything that you have? We because it seems like you have quite of an expensive uh, collection. Yeah, I, I I do. It's it's hobby collecting nowadays isn't expensive. It, it's tough to to in, incorporate a uh, 
a kid into it nowadays because they have finally brought out like lower end stuff. Okay. And even in some of the lower end stuff, you can get like a Nathan McKinnon autograph. You can get a, uh, a McDavid autograph in some of the stuff, but the, uh, the chances are one in 7,000 packs. Right. So, yeah. you know, the, the opportunities when you spend more, the opportunity to get that bigger card is obviously more. And, you know, it's so, I would prefer to have, you know, a kid who is, let's say he's a five-year-old kid and you give him a pack of cards. I've seen kids open a five, uh, 25 or a dollar pack of cards and think that they hit the absolute jackpot because they are a X fan and they pulled uh, a player from that team. And it could be a guy that has only skated two shifts in his whole life, but he's got that card and he thinks he's got something. And yeah. just, so just see that excitement in the difference between a kid who's five or a kid who's 50 <laughs> is a big difference because the kid who's 50 looks at that and throws it straight in the garbage. <laughs> What'd you do with all your old cards? You know what? I have a bunch of base cards. I used to take them to the uh, hospital and um, they don't do that anymore. They don't accept the cards anymore. So I I'm actually trying to find a home for some base cards, to be honest with you. Otherwise I just put them in the recycle bin. Um, base cards eventually essentially just take up too much space and they have to go somewhere and so yeah. i put them in the recycle bin i'm not sure what else to do with them so, so you used to take them to the kids at the hospital yep yep you used to take them to like the, the children's ward at the hospital and they used to distribute them and it would be great right because you'd see a kid you know yeah open, open the, the the cards and you know think that he's got something even though to me it's only worth five cents but to that kid it's priceless because again it's all about value perceived value as to what you see right and yep. so to that kid it was a big deal and, and it's it, the thought that that matters exactly right? somebody thought about me to to bring this down here to me and yeah that's awesome and then you know so just to hear some other oddball stuff that i've got that's kind of cool it's it's the cap it's the button off the top of the cap okay. oh wow so this is uh Jonas Valatunas he's with uh Memphis now I believe. Yep. I Memphis yeah or yep. no Hornets yeah Memphis maybe yeah he's anyway. with Memphis and we'll see where everybody ends up after today the trade deadlines <laughs> yeah. uh I guess yeah, there's at three a lot already. yeah the so magic have traded their whole team yeah I see that <laughs> <laughs> They traded Gordon, Vucevic, Fournier. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. Al Farouk Amino. Like, man. So they like, gave up Fournier for two draft picks, two second-round draft picks. Yeah. That's Evan seems, Fournier. And I was like, that's crazy. Yeah. You think that's too much or not enough? That's not enough. I, I yeah, mean, I, Fournier, for me, I think Fournier is one of the one of the better pure scorers in the NBA. Yeah, he can shoot the you ball. Know, yeah, he can shoot it. So this is like uh, it's they they take like the uh, during the rookie showcase they basically make these uh, rookies you know sit around and take pictures with like a hat on you know like after you get drafted and you know yep. so it's game worn but they call it event worn then they go and they take that cap and they cut it off they put it into cards right and so you know there's just some different stuff like that it, it's it's neat to to be able to open a, a pack and you know get something like that it's it's different right and not necessarily so worth anything but it's different. For the people that are listening to this that have no clue, what would um, a hobby like this run you to go to high end? Not necessarily what you spend, but what would it be for them if they wanted it to be to get involved in the high end card um, hobby business? Uh, so there's there's breakers out there now too, right? So instead of going out and, and spending say a thousand bucks on a pack of cards, which because it can happen, you can actually you can spend three, four, five grand on a pack of cards now. Um, wow! And then so literally, it's a sealed pack of cards that you don't know what's in there that you're putting five grand towards. That being said, it's no different than investing some days. So if you want to consider an investment, go ahead because some investments you you. You're given a tip that it may go good, but you're not necessarily 100% sure. This is kind of the same thing. You're getting a tip that there's this in, in these cards somewhere. I'm not saying it's in this pack, but it's somewhere. And, you know, here's take your five grand. Here's your eight cards or six cards and best of luck to you. And I've seen it happen. <laughs> Definitely seen it happen. And, you know, then guys get skunked. Literally, like it, 
it's junk and they're like ugh right that cost me a grand or two grand or three grand but anyway um so there's breakers that you can go on on breakers channels on sports card breakers channels and you can join group group breaks right and so instead wow. of spending a thousand bucks for a pack you can spend a uh, hundred bucks for a pack and you, they'll put you in a randomizer and now whatever card you get pulled or pull cards that you get pulled those are the cards you get right Otherwise, you can go and you can buy. You can go. So to, it's uh, like a group of people buying one pack, and it's or, random to what card you're going to get out of the pack. One pack, or or a, a case, or a whole bunch of different boxes. Uh, it just depends on the break that you're in. Um, or you can go down to your local card shop and uh, go ahead and buy the buy the um, box. Some card shops sell them by the by the pack as well. But uh, you go and you buy the box for the most part. And uh, then you go home and, and break them open and see what you got. And you know, part of the part of the rush is actually breaking those cards open to going through each one of them. Like, okay, this one looks like it could be a good one. Oh, it's a Nick Lewis rookie card. You know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just kidding. I'm totally kidding. <laughs> but it's just, yeah, that's that's worth two dollars. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, have the have the all time uh, CFL receptions leader. I could probably uh, snaggle five bucks for that. I bet. But anyways, yeah, uh, I hope so. <laughs> but anyways, so you know, it's just it's it's kind of the the thrill of it. It's the thrill of the hunt as well. You know, of, of opening it, not just you know, not just the monetary value as per se. It's it's that uh, it's that thrill of wow, what did I get? Or like, oh, I sure hope I get a McDavid or right? or whatever. So I have a question for you as an athlete. I've always kind of struggled with, you know, signing cards. Yep. Right. Just signing all the cards and, and doing these things. And you come across as, you know, like, why would you not sign it? Yep. But then every time you do it, you're almost diminishing your own value. Within the hobby world, this has been accepted to be the only autograph that you want unless you want to put it into your personal autograph because it has been authenticated by upper deck so there's so many forgeries out there and so many people trying to forge stuff in order to make a buck that if you don't have that authentication um it's you're you're taking that chance of of buying something that's forged so yeah um for myself to get a nick lewis autograph I have the right connections that I can get a Nick Lewis autograph any day of the week. Yep. Uh, on the flip side of that, you know, in, as to the, you being the athlete and giving out your um, autograph, to me, I would hate to say that, but I would think that, you know, if there's a, a young kid, we'll say 10 to 15 years old, even maybe six to 15 maybe, and he's coming up to you for an autograph, I would think that that's pretty genuine. Yeah, I would think that the kid, you know, you're you're some sort of, you know, role model for him or he wants to be like you or he's seen you play and he loves the way you play or you made an amazing catch and he wants, you know, he wants to be like that as well. I would think that's pretty genuine. I have heard rumors and or stories about, you know, guys taking a kid who's six to 15 and you know, using them to get a Nick Lewis autograph and then going and putting it on eBay. Well, those people are the garbage people of the world and let's not worry about them. Let's well, you know, they used to stand outside the hotels and they'd be outside your hotel room. So when you're coming down to get on the bus, they know what time the bus leaves pretty much, you know, two or three hours for the game. So now they're just waiting out front and they stop you and, and get your autograph and, and things like that, you know. Um, there's a, it's, but you know, it's such a fragile thin line between respectfully declining to do autographs and to, and to do it. Cause I mean, like I said, every time you sign something, it really diminishes the value of everything else. It does. Right? Unless it's a special piece. And you know, now you, you see it more and more athletes monetizing on their popularity by having like a signing uh, um, session in a mall or whatever, where you would, you know, you pay your 20 bucks ahead and you stand in line for two hours and you go and you can get whatever you want signed by them. But 
you know, you, you have to pay your money, right? That's. Yeah. And I think that's where I'm, I'm kind of going with everything is, is now more towards um, being able to uh, do it in a structured environment. Yep. Right. Yep. And, and, but, you know, you also want to offer up things that that's not going to be able to, you know, I, I don't want to be able to, I want to sign something that they're only going to be able to get there at that event. Yep. Right. So it'll be something special to that event or things like that in that environment. Um, now, how does that come across? Does that come across wrong or does that come across? Like, how does that come across to you as, you know, as a sports collector and as a fan of sports uh, to hear someone say that? I know other, I know other uh, athletes within other sports that have, have told me kind of the same thing and you know, I, I can understand it. You get bombarded to the point where it's like, I'm not entirely sure what I'm even supposed to, you know, you could sit there and, and probably sign autographs for two hours, right? I mean, it just wouldn't stop. So where are you supposed to draw the line? And so if you, if you, if you autograph the card for this guy or autograph the hat or Jersey for X, you have to do it for Y, right? So it gets to the point where it's like, okay, well uh, yeah, you know, I would probably do it if yourself in the controlled environment felt good, even if you're getting paid or not. But, you know, just for, like I say, for like a kid to come up to you, it's probably a little different than yeah. some guy who is, you know, harassing you and on you, hey, Nick, sign my other, my jersey, sign my hat, sign this ball. You know, he wants you to sign everything. Well, uh, sign my shoes. <laughs> sign my shoes, right? I'm you like, know, man, if parents pay for them shoes, they probably get mad at somebody signing their shoes. <laughs> you know, so, as me as a collector, I've I've gotten autographs, but I've done it on the DL, where it's basically, you know, I've ran into a guy and I'm a fan, and I kind of, you know, go up to him haphazardly and say, you know what, I'm not going to make a scene here. Uh, I know who you are. I'm a big fan. Uh, wonder if I could just get an autograph or a picture with you, right? And nine out of ten of them have said absolutely, like yeah. no doubt about it. I've been to airports. I've been on resorts, I've been in hotels, and I've ran into guys just out of the blue, really. And uh, and it's best when they're in places where people aren't lined up like that, like, you know, like yeah. out front of a team hotel, where it's just where they're, you know, maybe they're on vacation with their family and stuff. And that's, that's for the most part where I've ran into a lot of guys and just said, you know, under my breath, Hey, Mr. Lewis, you know, I, I'm a big fan. Would you mind if I get an autograph or a picture with you? And, you know, like I say, nine times out of 10, they're like, absolutely. Let's do that. Um, because there isn't a whole lineup of people. Right. And I still yeah. think I'd like to have that recogni recognition and that, you know, it's, it's a bit of a boost to their ego as well. Right. Let's face it. But yeah. at the same time, you know, for yourself, getting back to that, I don't think it's, it's your own personal preference. So I don't think, yeah. I would never consider you uh, any different than what you are. If you told me, no, I, I can't give you an autograph. I, I understand the business. I understand the, the business of it. And so it, it may be other people who don't understand that business or that how that business works. But, um, and, and I think the majority of guys do sign, uh, you know, to a point, but, you know, guys like Crosby and McDavid and those guys, they can't. They literally yeah. can't. You'd be there till hell wouldn't have you. Yep. So yeah, yeah, I'm not awesome. sure if that answers your question or not, Nick, but that's... It that's does. It does. You know, it makes me think about, like, maybe it's a, you know, I don't sign shirts or I don't sign hats or I don't sign certain things, but I'll sign personalized memorabilia. So if we did have taken a picture together or you do have a picture of me, you know, those things, because it's not for me to want to, like I said, discredit or to take away. Uh, I'm just trying to improve the the value of some of the things that I want to do. And, you know, the thing about it too, Nick, like, so, you know, it used to be back in the day that before authentic authenticity was a big deal, guys used to put that stuff on eBay and, and you know, get with a good story and you get decent money for it. Well, now with the um, authentication process that, you know, these things have to go through in order to, to be authenticated and to say, yes, that is actual Nick Lewis's autograph. If, if you signed a, if you signed a hat for me today and I put it on eBay, 
unless somebody's really wanting it bad, you're not even going to get the cost back for your hat. Like, yeah. It's, it's not worth anything, right? It, it's, yeah. People are, are more adapt to thinking it's a fake than that it's real, right? So unless I have the picture of you signing that hat with uh, the actual picture of me standing there and then a guy authenticating it right there, it's only for the guy getting it signed. That, that's for his own collection for the most part because nobody's really willing to, to pay for that, right? Like, yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't pay for something that's not authenticated. I'll put it to you that way. I, I just, that's a very fascinating hobby of, of collecting and, and being able to do all these things with your cards. And that's, that's pretty cool. You know, it's got me very interested in seeing what I really do have. It's, it, it would be like a, a kid on Christmas be opening those books and going through them. Uh, because I think about the 90s and, you know, Barry Sanders cards and, and different cards like that to that to be able to go back and see them now. I mean, and probably most of them are base cards, but maybe there's one or two in there that makes it worth going through. And here's here's the thing about some of those back in that era. They were mass produced, right? Like absolutely mass, mass produced. So it devalued those cards pretty much instantly. As soon as they got released, it devalued those cards, whether you had a Barry Sanders or a Krishna Koye, they both worth the same, right? Yeah. Because they're just so mass produced that, that there's just so many of them out there that, you know, why would anybody pay in a buck when you can get them for 10 cents down the street, right? Yeah. So the, the production of them is a big thing. And, you know, like I, that crew card I sold you or I showed you, you know, it's out of 25, right? So there's only 25 of these cards made. Uh, yeah. There's other Rod Carew autographs, but on this set. On that card. And this yeah. card, there's only 25 of them, right? So, you know, that makes it a little bit more rare. And, and, and there's collectors that want that type of stuff, the rarity of the stuff. And so, you know, to, to have your... To have your, uh, you know, like even like through the 90s in hockey with pro set, uh, Martin Berdur, right, Hall of Famer, Yermer Yager, Hall of Famer, Mary Lemieux, Hall of Famer, you know, and then you, you look at uh, like a, a Yager rookie card and it's selling for like 30 cents or like a, a dollar. And you look That's at so crazy career, right? Like to me, that that just, it just blows my mind. It just, and you know, Martin Berdur's cards selling from 10 cents to 50 cents, like, it just boggles my mind, right? But at the same time, there were so many of them printed and so many of them distri- distributed that you just, you know, you can get one of their dime a dozen there everywhere you look, right? Would you ever get an NBA Top Shop? Or you you really like having the the, the like card? I having the physical card, right? I, I'm, yeah. I'm old school that way a little bit, right? You know, that's no different than those NFTs. Are, are you familiar with those NFTs? That uh, no. non-fungible token, it's called. Okay. Yep. It's basically, uh, you know, it's basically a, a a unique and one of the only one card out there that you own the rights to. Somebody else can find it online and click download and take it, but you still have the original one, and that's worth something. Okay, and so. You know, uh, Bitcoin is a fungible trading item because you yeah. can trade Bitcoin back and forth all day and you get what you get, right? Yep. Non-fungible tra- trading cards or non-fungible pictures are, it's a one of the only one. And yeah, you can find copies of it on the net, but you have the original one and your name's attached to it. And it's worth something to guys, right? So um, like even that tweet, uh, what's his name? Jack Dorsey sold his first tweet, right? And you know, stuff like that. So there's, there's NFTs that have sold out there for uh, 69 million. Oh, wow. And then there's ones now, you know, even like sell for like, you know, 1500 to five grand, right? For I don't think I ever understood the magnitude of, of trading cards and of all these things, man. You're, you're bringing so much enlightening enlightenment to this conversation of, of a world that I didn't even know existed anymore. Yeah. Right. Even from the mass production ways to now how you're saying they're not mass produced anymore as much. And so now it's going to increase the value. And do do any of the athletes get anything from upper deck or do they get anything from these companies um, 
for that? For the most part, it's it's through their uh, um, players association, their unions. And okay. so there, there's some players that will refuse to sign off. They'll be like, no, you're not using my my autograph. They have to, no matter what, the union has to show their picture and the name, but to have an actual autographed or memorabilia card for uh, memorabilia is different. Memorabilia can be anything. It's the autographs ones that that's the big deal that the guys have to sign off on. And I'm sure that they get some sort of money from that. And I'm sure it's broken out as per your name. You know, so if you're Connor McDavid, you probably get more than uh, uh, Mike Smith, you know, for example, on Oilers. Yeah. But um, at the same time, um, it's it's most of those negotiations, I believe, are done through the union uh, reps uh, or associations. Dude, that's amazing. You know, and so we talked about numbers, numbered cards. I have one sitting right here in front of me. It's funny that we would talk about it. This is a one-on-one. This is the only card ever made. Wow. This, it's a Mario Lemieux Joe Mullen. Uh, it's a piece of Joe Mullen stick. It's a piece of Mario Lemieux jersey. It's the only card made. One of one. Literally stamped one of one. Do you remember and, when you bought that pack and how much that pack cost? That was a while ago. This was, this is a 1011. I would think that that pack would, it was box. I would think that that box would have been, uh, uh, you know, 300 bucks. Wow. Yeah. Something but that like card is obviously worth more than 300 bucks. Yeah, I would say it is, uh, especially to the right guy. That not being said, the right guy you're probably talking to, because do I really want to give up a one-on-one card with Mary Lou? Yeah. I'm, I'm a hockey fan, first of all. You know, first uh, Edmonton Oilers fan, but the hockey fan overall. And, you know, so, you know, I'm a big fan of Mary Lemieux, obviously. The guy's got had super talent. Even Joe Mullen, what a great career, right? American hockey player, just an amazing career, right? Anybody who can put that many games, I'm going to guess that Joe Mullen has had over uh, 11, 1,200 games. That's going to be my initial guess. I don't know the number, Nick, but I'm going to guess that's it. So anybody who can play, you know, 1,000 games or more in the NHL, and let's face it you're somebody right because not everybody can do that right yeah so, you know it, it's it's really cool though to have that kind of stuff you know like obviously we all have our name recognition with mj and, and you know lebron and you know stuff like that but there's other guys in here that, that i have in my collection that i'm like if somebody wanted to buy it I, I guess i would sell it but for the most part yeah it looks pretty cool in my collection it's not going anywhere i'm you know and so for me to to hand it down to, to somebody one day, I would like to. I would like to do that. To be honest with you, but uh, would you ever consider selling your whole collection? And if you did, what would what would like a number look like? I, I, I probably I probably would. I suppose under the right you know circumstances, I guess. Um, and this number is going to blow people's minds, um, but. Uh, my collection uh, with my McDavid's and Crosby's and everything, I would probably need 300,000. Wow. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> it's, it's crazy to say that, but that number seems totally high to, to just the average Joe, but you know, that's a, that's a, that's like a, that's like a 5,000 square foot house in Texas. <laughs> yeah, exactly. 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 Yeah. yeah. You're right. It just, you know, there's some stuff like, you know, if you go and you, you can do your research and on Sidney Crosby and Connor McDavid cards and, you know, and, uh, on any given, on any given day, you can sell a Sidney Crosby card easy for 25 grand McDavid card for 30 grand. You know, it, 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 it happens. Yeah, man. I appreciate you coming on sharing uh, about Invicta VR, sharing about your card collection. This has truly been fascinating for me. I, I look forward to where Invicta VR goes and and being able to share it with other athletes and other people. And um, and yeah, I'm looking forward to getting this card collection started and and seeing if if I can get in the game. <laughs> I want to see if you get those. I, I would definitely want to sit down with you and go through them because. Some of those Sean Kemp uh, rookie cards are in good shape, uh, graded, sell for a lot of money now. Uh, Sean Kemp is still well collected. Uh, you know, you mentioned yeah. Gary Payton, and Gary Payton had a great career, right? Yeah. He's not collected. <laughs> so, I mean, for me, it's more of, you know, I would take cards, you know, I'd buy the packs, open them at home, and it's straight from opening to organizing. 
Yep. Right. So it was going straight into the pack. So the card should be in good shape, maybe a little dusty, but other than that, man, I think um, I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to get on the horn and, and get that figured out. Yeah. I think it'd be cool to see Nick for sure. And it, it'll be a great flashback for you as well. Right. You know, uh, going yeah. to the, reliving those memories. You can't, you can't, uh, you can't put a dollar on that. No, you can't. Well, I appreciate you for coming by the Lulu Logic Podcast. Jason, Nick. we are out. Thanks, brother. Peace. I appreciate it. Indeed.